Today I want you to open your Bible uh, to Psalms chapter 1 and I'm going to teach on the blessed life. And um, yeah, I mean through the whole worship we've been talking about exalting God and lifting Him up and I really want to uh, position us as a church from now on uh, to experience blessings beyond comprehension. All right, so if you uh, could open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1. This is my favorite psalm in the Bible. And I'm going to read from, I'm going to read the first three verses. And uh, we'll try and see if we can. Yeah, we'll do three verses today. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Yes. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, bless you, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever, whatever, it's not, I really feel like we need to say it with an attitude to the devil. Can we say it? One, two, three, whatever. He does shall. I think we need to say that again because I think you, maybe you don't believe that whatever you do, you'll prosper. But we need to tell, tell the devil that so he can understand what we're saying. Whose leaf shall not, also shall not wither, and he does shall. Now I want you to say it like you're saying, whatever I do shall prosper, okay? Are you ready? Whose leaf also shall not wither and I do. Come on. Everything that happens in this church is prophetic. So I need you to prophesy over yourself and say, whatever I do, I will. Come on now. Come on now. So the psalmist in, 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 in this psalm is really talking about the blessed man. When I say blessed man, I'm talking about blessed man, woman, child, you know, all of it, all of them. He's talking about blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, which means the man is not blessed because of counsel. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Which means the, 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 a blessed man is one who walks in the counsel of God, godly counsel. Okay, are, are you with me? But the man who is blessed makes a choice to walk in the counsel that God gives him. I'm hoping you're tracking with me. The man who is blessed is not blessed because he receives counsel from godly people. Although it's good 
I'm getting to something, don't worry. But a blessed man is blessed. That's why he chooses godly counsel. A blessed man does not make a choice of ungodly counsel because he knows he's blessed. In order for you to, 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 to receive blessing, he knows, a blessed man knows that it does not come from ungodly counsel. But actually, if he wants to increase in his blessing, he, he comes to a place of receiving godly counsel so that he can increase in his blessing. So the blessed man is blessed. And because he's blessed, blessings come to him. I think I'm preaching to the right church. I think you're intelligent enough to understand what I'm saying. But you're blessed not because of how much money you have. Joyce Ann, hi. Good to see you. You're blessed not because of how much money you have, how much prosperity you have, how much power you have, how much authority you have. You're not blessed because of those things. Those things are good, but they are blessings that come to you because you are If I have a million dollars in my bank account, which I will have. I, I'm hoping that you're celebrating because as the father of the house, I'm saying. It's not, I'm not just selfish because yeah, I can prophesy and I can make things happen. But at the end of the day, I'm saying it. I'm speaking as you are speaking. I'm speaking to you, but as you. So if I have a million dollars in my bank account, the million dollars does not tell me that I'm a blessed man. The million dollars comes into my bank account because I'm a blessed man. Give your neighbor a high five and say, I'm blessed. A lot of times, people, Christians especially, uh, they've defined their identity according to what they have, not who they are. When you know who you are, being blessed is positional. Being blessed defines your identity. I'm a, I'm a blessed man. You don't have to tell me I'm blessed. I know. I know I'm blessed. My bank account doesn't need to prove it. The number of children I have and the cars and the clothes I wear doesn't have to prove squat. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And in the book of Luke, you don't have to go there. In the book of Luke, angel Gabriel comes to Mary and he says, highly favored of God. Hmm? You are highly favored of the Lord. For the Lord is with you. You are blessed among women. Mary wasn't blessed when she carried Jesus. Mary was blessed before she carried Jesus. Jesus. 
All of you sitting in this room have, who have been with life from the beginning have understood that every word that comes out of the mouth of God is a seed on good ground. Whether angels bring it or whether it brings it through the pulpit in this church, it is a word from God that is coming to you in seed form that if you stand before God and say, be it unto me according to your word, it is because you are already blessed. No. The fact that you're sitting in this room today proves to God that you're already blessed. It proves to the devil that you're already blessed. That's the reason why he gives you his son's seed. That's the reason why God trusts you with such a productive seed. It's because you're blessed. No, you're not 34, not 64. You are 100 fold. You are blessed going in. You are blessed coming out. Everything that you put your hand to will be blessed. Every place your foot shall tread will be So we've, we've always lived our lives as asking God, God, bless me. And God's like, I already have. Pastor, pastor, please pray for me. Bless me. Give me a prophetic word. Uh, you are already blessed. I don't have to bless you more than God has blessed you. Come on. Come on now. But Gabriel comes to her and says, highly favored one. So in order for you to be blessed, you need to be favored. <laughs> How many of you believe you're favored? Majority of the room. I have a Bible verse that proves that. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says that God chose you before the foundation of the world. He chose you to be in Christ, to be holy and blameless before him in love. My gosh, you're not crying out for blessings. You are already blessed. You are favored by God. Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine? What God had to go through in order to to make your life come to such a point in time where you're sitting in this room. What God had to do, he tailor made your life in such a way that you made a choice to come here and sit in this room. The God of heaven is looking down. But the the reason why you are here is because he favored you. He favored you before everything was made. You are favored, highly favored. Not just favored, you are highly favored. Beyond, beyond imagination. You are so highly favored that the devil wants to take your favor. He wants to kill the favor in your life. Because you don't know that you are highly favored. The enemy wants to come steal, kill and destroy the blessing that is in your life. He can take it. Uh, See, our identity is still wrapped up in what we have, not who we are. And God is saying, you are blessed. Let him touch your money, man. If he touches your money, the blessing that is on the inside of you will produce 
So you never need to, never need to be in a place of begging God for a blessing. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to think that you're a slave when instead you're a favored, highly favored son. And that's what the psalmist is saying. Man, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. You need to understand that being blessed is positional. I'm standing in the presence of God. If God has predestined me to be in Christ, if he chose me to be in Christ, holy and blameless before God, how many of you believe today, right now, that you are holy? You are blameless. Like as in the devil cannot put a finger on you and say you are guilty of that. Put your hand up. Yeah, that's good. That's good. A majority of us. For those of you who don't believe that you are holy and blameless, I want you to know that God's word says, not my word, his word says, that he has chosen you before the foundation of the world to be in Christ. Say, in Christ. In Christ. And if Christ is holy, whatever is in Christ is holy. If Christ is blameless before God, then whatever is in Christ is Hey, hey, hey. I, was, I was expecting a praise break, but then don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't. No. Because, see, most of our li- most, of, most people, most times, are really struggling with being blamed. They blame themselves, or uh, somebody else blames them for what's happening in their life. Yeah. Or they're blaming the devil. What if I told you, what if I told you this, that there is no more blame? Eve cannot tell God the serpent did it because there's no serpent. <laughs> See, some of us think, still think that, you know, uh, we walk around with a good angel and a bad <laughs> angel on our shoulders. And, and that's how we live our life, you know, that the voice talks from this side and a good voice from this side and a bad voice from that side. I want to tell you, the day, the day you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, a line was drawn. It stopped the enemy, it stopped the devil from having a voice and audience with God. Because the enemy cannot say that Jesus has done this. Because the Bible says that he lived holy, he lived blameless. There was not a single sin in Jesus. So if God chose you from the foundation of the world to be in Christ, it means that the enemy cannot touch your life. The enemy cannot blame you before God saying, God, look, he's a sinner, you have to judge him. Which means if there's no blame, there's no judgment. <laughs> Don't you feel blessed? Yes. <laughs> and so he's saying, I delight in the law of the Lord. It's positional. 
The law we know is the word and the word we know is Jesus. And so what he's trying to tell us is, I delight, which means I'm exceedingly joyful. I celebrate in the position that I am in. I delight in the law of the Lord, which means I delight in the fact that I am blessed. So if Christ has right standing with God and I am in Christ, which means that Christ is blessed. Righteousness or right standing with God is the blessedness that God gives us. So which means every time you say you are blessed, you're saying I'm righteous. It means that God now has only one option. And that is to be good to me. I knew, I knew, yeah. yeah. Because you believe, some of you believe that you need to be punished. God has only one option. Say one option. And that is to be good to me. Why? It's because he can't be bad to Jesus. Come on now. Come on now. He's not looking to punish Jesus because that was done. It's finished. Now Jesus stands before the Father, holy, blameless, in love. And the Father, God the Father, looks at you in love. And every time he looks at you in love, all he wants to do to bless you and to increase. He wants to be good to you. Man, have you ever been bad to someone you love? <laughs> there must be something wrong with you if, you if you want to be bad to someone you love I mean it's just absolutely psychotic behavior psychotypes so I delight in his law Have you ever wanted to go to uh, and stay in Burj Khalifa? Yes. 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 I have to. And I stood at the bottom and I was like, that's going to take me a long time to get up there. And then I looked at the building and then I looked at my bank account. Breakthrough is coming. <laughs> But, I, but I've been in, in, in the Armani Hotel. And let's just say that you, your desire is to go to the Armani Hotel and stay there and just live just free, you know, just free. Just remember, I'm prophesying it. Yeah. So don't be like shocked, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, let's just say you never had money and so somehow that dream in your heart was just like, ah, it's gone away. And then all of a sudden, God, there's a blessing that comes into your life because you are blessed. And a, and a million dollars just shows up into your account. And then because of that million dollars in your account, you're like, come on, babe, let's go to the Armani Hotel. Let's just stay there. Let's stay there. You're not paying any down payment. You're not doing, you're not, you're not, you're not fearful. Like, oh, what's going to happen? How much is the curry? 
You're not asking any, you're not, you're not asking any of that. You're not asking anything. You're going there and you're ordering food. You're getting the best rooms. You're going and swimming in the best pools. You're sitting in the sauna, getting the spa stuff done. Whatever it is, getting your nails and your pedicure and your medicure and whatever it is. All the cures that you need to get for your life. You get it done. You're fully cured. And now you're, you're sitting down eating this, in this beautiful meal and people are around you. And now they come up to you, you know, butlers and they the waiters and waitresses and their posh service and everything like that and you are not afraid because you have an assurance of a million dollars in your bank account I want to tell you that that million dollars is being blessed being blessed or righteous before God is an assurance that no matter what happens in life, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you spend your money on, no matter who steals it from you, no matter who robs it from you, no matter what happens, who dies, who lives, it doesn't matter because you have an assurance of God's blessing over your life. You live absolutely free, free, free. Because you are so assured that you are blessed beyond comprehension. Man. Amen. That assurance comes when you delight yourself in the position of being blessed. When you delight in it, when you exceedingly celebrate it. You know, I was uh, we were spending some time with Angela and Blanche on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, they went home at 2.30 at night, in the morning. I love it. <laughs> and uh, during that time, we were just uh, talking, and they shared this testimony about Angelo, and that the day that they found out that uh, the doctors diagnosed him with cancer, blood cancer. Blood cancer? Blood cancer. And... Um, and, and so they went to the, to the doctors and now they're, they're listening to the, the report of the doctor and, uh, and the doctor says, you know, he's beating around the bush and eventually he says, you have this cancer. And Blanche said in that moment, she said, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I just rejected. The minute he said, he gave me his report, she said, I rejected it straight away. And then they were like, now what? Okay, what's the next step? Like, we're not going to sit and celebrate the doctor's report. We're here. What's the next step? We take, okay, take pills in, in, in about a year. In about a year, completely healed of cancer. <laughs> completely cancer-free. See, what, what, what they did was they, they chose to dwell on the report of the Lord. What does God say about your body? What does God say about your health? They chose to stand on God's word even though the report was a fact, they chose the truth. Amen. A fact is not the truth and the truth is not a fact. A fact is, yes, the doctor says that you may have cancer in your body. That's a fact for sure. There's no denying it. But the truth of God's word says that cancer was taken on his stripes 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. And by his stripes, you were So if you have sickness in your body, you know, I, 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 
I fail to understand how, how sometimes Christians behave in a, in a way that is so funny. You know, they, 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 they choose to, to exalt the, the problem much more than the report of the Lord. You know, I, I, I receive a lot of prayer requests from Friday till next Friday. And then Friday till next Friday. It's like every day, prayer requests. But, but the, when I ask people, what's the issue? What can I pray for? They have a tendency to, to try to impress me with details of the problem. And sometimes they get offended when I say, I declare I release healing in Jesus' name and I walk away. It's, it's, not that, it's not that I don't care for you. It's, it's just that I don't care for the problem. When we begin to get impressed with what the problem presents us, we will stop believing in the ability of God in our life. The psalmist says he meditates on his word day and night. What does that look like in daily life? What does it look like day and night meditating on his word? It means if God has given you promises that you are blessed, if he's called you, he's chosen you, that you are blessed, he doesn't have to prophesy. The fact that he has chosen you from the foundation of the world shows that you're favored and highly blessed. And because you are blessed now, the tendency for people is to, is to really dwell and feel sorry for themselves based on what the problem presents. And most times, this happens only with Christians, most times. Because you are in the situation, you get caught up in the presentation. If you choose to ignore the presentation that the problem is giving you, the details and all of it, if you choose to stop meditating on it, if you can stop meditating on the negative things about your husband. Stop meditating on the, on the negative things about your wife. Then the negative things, the negative things that your husband does or your wife does will stop presenting itself greater than God's word in your life. When you start meditating on God's word, whatever you meditate, you magnify. Whatever you magnify, you worship. Whatever you worship is what you're transformed into. Did you get it? Whatever you meditate on, you magnify. Whatever you magnify, you worship. Whatever you worship is what you're transformed into. And most times, people who get a bad report from the doctor whose business is failing, all of the time, they meditate and meditate and meditate on the negative and negative and negative and negative to a point where now they start selling it to people. Yeah. 
Pray for me, brother. I'm having a problem. What's the problem? Detail. What does God have to say? Pray for me. That's why I'm coming to you. No, no, no. If we can make a choice, this church, and everyone that's watching and listening in the future, if we can make a choice to meditate on God's word, God's promises in our life, if I can choose to meditate on the fact that I don't need anything around me to be blessed, I am blessed already. If I can choose to just meditate on that, then I magnify God's, my right standing with God. I magnify the blessedness of God in my life. I magnify how much he has blessed me from the day I was born till today. I magnify. And if I magnify that, now I begin to worship him according to what he's done. And what I worship is what I become. I begin to worship the God of breakthrough because the God of breakthrough has presented his ability that is greater than any other problem in my life. Sure. Verse 3. He says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That's phenomenal. That God, the psalmist compares all of us to a tree. The man who, who is dwelling on the godly counsel. The man who is blessed is like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. Amen. Psalm, I think it is, I think it's Psalm 92, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, yeah, it's Psalm 92. Verse 13, it says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Think, just think about what I'm saying right now. Those who are planted in the house of God, not those who visit the house of God. Oh, come on. Oh, no. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. There's a difference between house and courts. And there's a difference between visiting and being planted. Being planted is something a tree cannot uproot itself. Which means it never planted itself. It was not by your work that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. It was by his work. It was his choice to take you and plant you in Christ. It was his choice to take you and plant you in his house. Stop visiting the house of God because if you're visiting the house of God, you will not be fruitful in all seasons. The reason why you are blessed is because God favored you and he called you as his own so that he can use your life as a testimony. A testimony of his goodness so that every single person that does not know him will get to know him and join in your blessedness. Let me tell you something. That if your identity is rooted in what you have in your life, whether it's money, whether it's family, cars, bank balance, whatever it is, prosperity, all of that, if you are not rooted and grounded in Christ, 
all of it can fade away and when it fades away you can have a bad day but when you're in Christ and everything fades away you will never have a bad day every day is a good day every day is a good day whether you have food or you don't have food, you don't have food, guess what? The king is passing a judgment. He's sending ravens to come and bring meat for you and bread for you. Angels will come and feed you supernatural food that will make you run for 40 days. I mean, you look through the Bible. Every person that God chose was absolutely blessed beyond measure. They never lacked anything in their life. Amen. <laughs> Every day is a good day. <laughs> Are you guys okay? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit. Oh my goodness. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Which means you have no control over the fruit in your life. Oh, no, no, I have to make a choice to love. No, no, no. No, you can't. I'm sorry. If you have to make a choice to love somebody, then you're looking to be impressed by what they do for you. Whether they do or they don't do, love is natural. It's who you are. Very good. That brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf... Also shall not wither. Where, where have you seen a tree on the planet that, that has its leaves not falling? What does it speak of? It speaks of not having burnout. When you are planted, when you are in Christ and you are a blessed man, you will never get tired of working. You will never look for a holiday. Oh, I need a holiday. I'm so tired. You know, oh, my children, they're just like, oh my God, I can't. I don't have two moments to breathe for myself. I don't have moment. I don't have time for myself. 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 I can't even go to the parlor. I can't even do the, I can't, myself. And, and the husband is like, oh my God, man, I can't. I don't want to go home. So I'm, I'm working hard because the children are pulling my hair. Like, I, I don't, no, 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 no. I just want you to know that the, so I got caught up in something. The, the reason why your children are like that is because they don't know that you're blessed. And the reason why they're misbehaving is because they don't know that they are blessed. And as a parent, you are meant to be God-like to your children, not office-like to your children. That brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. It's an amazing, it's such a beautiful statement. Whatever he does, he shall prosper. You know, we, we see it in the, in the story of David, you know, because we're in the Psalms, we see it in the story of David, where David was not royalty. He, he, he was not part of the lineage of, of royalty. It's it's like he was about his father's work. He was planted in his father's house. He was looking after. He was serving his father's house by taking care of the sheep. Even he did not even care 
what the prophet who was coming to the house because he was so in love with serving For the ones who, who are serving in church, you, you want to receive a prophetic word that transforms your life from, from commoner to king? Serve. 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 For those of you who are not serving, you want a prophetic word? Serve. And so now you have a, a, a young man, maybe 16, 17 years old, looking after his father's sheep. And, and, the pro, and God says, that's the guy I want as the king of Israel. And so they bring him in, they anoint him, they speak a word over him. He was looking after sheep and he found favor with God. While this team was setting up today, the, the band and, and the setup team and the lights and all that kind of stuff, God is watching. And he was releasing favor to the ones who are making things possible for other people. Yeah. Yeah. See, just because David, I don't know why I'm in this section, because I feel like somebody needs to get this word. Hey, hey. The reason why David was chosen was because of his service to God, to his father. But his service to his father displayed his heart for God. That's why God said he was a man after my own heart. And so now you have David who is being given a prophetic word as in a blessing. He's blessed now and the Bible says that the spirit, the minute God blessed him with a prophetic word, the spirit of God came upon David and that was the end of the story. They don't say anything about what happened to him till we find out that Goliath is now coming to the scene. And everybody from Sunday school till main service, everybody talks and celebrates about David was going after Goliath and man, he slayed the giant and we sing the songs and we do the dance and, and we do the head you know, cutting ceremony and all that kind of stuff. But we fail to ask the question, what qualified David to kill Goliath? See, we think that, you know, we listen to a message like what I just did. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm blessed. I am blessed. I go home, look at myself in the I am blessed. <laughs> Beyond comprehension, I'm blessed. And we think that life becomes a bed of roses. Because I received a prophetic word now, devil, just... Don't touch. Don't come near me. You can't. I'm in Christ. I'm hidden. And, and we, think that, we think that life will not present us Goliaths. <laughs> and we think that, oh, you know, it's like a bed of roses. Suddenly we realize there's a thorn somewhere. But God, why is this attacking me? I don't feel blessed right now. <laughs> yeah, see, being blessed is not a feeling. Blessed is knowing who you are. 
people are like, yep, that's me. I did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're all changing together. <laughs> you think about David's life and you, and you, you think about what, how did he just rock up on the scene and there's a war going on and he's bringing goat's cheese and bread for his brothers and he takes on a giant and the king says, oh, okay, okay, go, go. Do it, do it, do it. When we fail to understand, they failed us in Sunday school to tell us that David had to kill the lion and the bear before he killed Goliath. And we think that, that God is saying, oh, okay, you're blessed now. Enough. Now you and the angels can frolic with the daffodils in heaven. And you are in my presence and forever and ever you will be here. You will be there, but you will be a child in the presence of God. And God is looking for mature sons who can manifest the authority of God. Who can manifest the power of God. Who can manifest and bring transformation of, on earth as it is in heaven. But in order for you to mature in God, it's not coming and sitting in church. Although it's awesome, it's really good for you. But maturity comes or it grows or you grow in the blessedness of God in your life when you are willing to attack the Goliaths in your life. When you come into this place of understanding that every test is a Goliath in my life, you will understand that the blessedness or the, the, the word of being blessed by God attracts giants to you. Come on. I'm not talking about being a giant killer. You know, there are messages on that. That's really good. You can listen to it. But you can learn how to kill giants. But what I'm trying to tell you is being faithful in the secret place. Yeah. Yeah. Being faithful when nobody's watching. And, and you know you're in a test. You know the little bear is coming to attack you. Not a little bear. It's a big bear. But the Bible says that David killed the bear with his bare hands. Did you get it? It's a joke, 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 joke. Yay! <laughs> Listen, stop looking at my wife when I crack a sad joke. Look at me. And so David now, I want you to go to First uh, Samuel um, chapter 17. And I want you to listen to this guy. First Samuel chapter 17 and we'll go to verse 34 now David is talking to King Saul and he's talking to him about he's giving him his CV basically for a job he's a kid and verse 34 says but David said to Saul your servant used to keep his father's sheep when a lion and a bear, or a, and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after it. <laughs> Anybody want to go after a lion? You must be super blessed. <laughs> to go out after a lion and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. It's a deliverance ministry that I really never want to be in. 
and when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37, moreover David said, now this is where it's at, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. See, y'all are thinking that the Lord led David to attack Goliath. No, no, no. It was his choice. (laughs) No. See, we have a value that only if God tells me, I'll do. Not when you are mature. When you're a baby Christian, yeah. Good. Submit it to the pastor. And maybe we'll see where you go with that. But when you are in, 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 in mature as a son of God, you're mature in your understanding that I'm blessed. Now, everything that you put your hand to, you will? Everything that you put your hand to, you will? Prosper. So which means, even if an, if an enemy is attacking your mother at home, it's not attacking you, but it's touching your mother at home, you can stand here, And you can take out a giant that is trying to touch your mother. Right now, you know, I was uh, sitting with somebody, I don't know who, that told me that Kerala had so much of floods. And all of a sudden now, they're going into drought. I realized that we came up here, I came up here as a church, and I said, God, I shut the heavens over Kerala. It will not rain till this thing whole dies down, right? Uh, And so now I want to release it. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I release, I open up the heavens over Kerala again. That there will be fresh water for everyone. And for the next five years, there will be no drought in that, na- in that, in that, city, in that state, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the point to what I'm saying is that David made a choice to go after Goliath. But God had presented to him a lion and a bear that he chose to run after in the secret place. See, the Bible says that Jesus grew in favor, favor with God and with man. You grow in favor with God when you're willing in the secret place to take out the lion and the bear. When no one is watching, when there is no applause, when there is no commission at the end of the month, there is no bonus scheme, you are willing to take out the tests that come your way. You are willing to pass it every single time in the secret place where nobody's watching. You're being faithful. See, your credibility with God or your maturity before God grows when nobody's watching. But we think it's a small stage. It's the biggest stage of your life. It's in that secret place where only black sheep are around you and they can't really witness to what is happening and your decision. You are so fully content By being blessed by God that you know that anything that attacks you now, God is the only one that's for me. See, it's the secret place where people experience problems. They run to the pastor for prayer. But actually that that problem that was coming to them was actually uh, a gift from God. That situation was a gift 
for promotion. That test was a testimony in the making. And, and we, we look at it and we run away from it because we don't know that we are blessed. And we fight and we try, in the name of Jesus, I come against the Father, I fast and pray. And you do all that kind of stuff in order to feel more powerful when you were already all powerful. When you're going through trials and you're going through circumstances in your life, you're going through testing seasons. Man, count it all joy. Count it as a blessing that is coming to me. This is my Goliath. See, David was not dreaming of a bigger Goliath when he was killing the lion. He just was faithful. He took the lion as the biggest battle that he had at that moment. And when he killed the lion, he set himself up for promotion. But see, let me tell you something. God is an ever-increasing God. His, he, 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 his glory is ever-increasing. His kingdom is ever-increasing. You will never stop growing. And I, have, and I have news for you. This is news flash. News flash. Your Goliaths will keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger for the rest of your life. <laughs> Some people look at me, oh, what kind of message man this is? <laughs> like why, why, I don't know why, why God predestined me to come and listen to this word today. Like, oh, it was nice, blessing, 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 until you said, the Goliath is also the blessing and it keeps increasing and increasing. But what if I told you that you will never feel tired? That you will never run out of energy. You will always have enough energy to take on every test that comes your way. Every time you take on a Goliath, you mature in the goodness of God in your life. You mature in understanding how good God is to me. You mature in understanding how blessed I am. Every time, every time we face a situation, it's an opportunity for me to grow, for us to grow. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. God can grow us by himself. If God grows you without a test, you will not appreciate the power and the favor that you have. It's like a mother who has babies in her stomach until she feels the contractions, until she feels that nine months of caring his children, this child, nine months of back pain, hopefully not in this church. And the moment she gives birth, the joy in her heart, when she looks at that child, and this is, like I went, we, we went and saw Vikas and Pinky's baby, by the way, they had a child, beautiful baby girl, absolutely beautiful. And, and I looked at the baby and I looked at Vikas, I was like, man, you, you did this. <laughs> this is yours. 
He goes, yeah, I know. I can't believe, I can't believe that this was in me. And I want to tell you, there are promises in you that are waiting for Goliaths to come your way. And you've got to feel that birth pangs. You've got to feel the test in order to value the child that comes into your life. You've got to value the maturity, the promise, the blessing that God gives you. You've got to go to that test in order to give, to value your testimony. A lot of Christians want a quick fix. And God is not interested in a quick fix. Because if he does a quick fix, then you don't know him. You don't learn to depend on him. But I want to tell you something, you know. I've been telling you some things for a long time now. I want to tell you one more thing. (laughs) We may not have a lion and a bear trying to kill us and kill our sheep and our children and in our life today. I mean, it's unrealistic to be living in a city and expecting a lion and a bear to, a dog maybe, that's off the leash, but, but you're not there to kill you, but you know, just probably give you a love bite or something like that. But, but we may not have a lion and a bear, but we may have that guy that cuts off cuts us on the road (laughs) or that guy who feels like he's on holiday on a Sunday when we need to get to the office on time you know it's like weekend drivers during the week in the fast lane you know (laughs) stop pointing at your husbands and wives don't don't do that now but but that that is your line that's the bear right now that right in that moment it's that boss that, that's like, in the beginning of the month, he's nagging you about sales targets that should be given at the end of the month. Am I speaking to someone? It's that client that is so demanding, right? It's your test. But if you allow what that client has to say about you and your company to be magnified in your life, that's exactly what you're going to produce. If that man in the front of you is slowing down and you are flashing him from the back, you're failing your test, by the way. Don't worry. There are 800,000 cars in Dubai and you will get the test again. (laughs) If you try going to Abu Dhabi once in a while, you can go through that test every day if you feel like it. If you want to pass the test. But the, the test will keep coming and keep coming, not because God hates you, but because God loves you. And it's when your wife is not in the car and, and you're going over the speed limit. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I need to go, I need to go, I need to go, I need to go, I need to be there, I need to go fast, 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 fast. And you're choosing to break the law. Some people are like, Ugh. But see, these are the little devils that you need to slay. These are the Goliaths in your life. The little things, ladies and gentlemen, it's the little things that prepare you for the stage. See, Jesus grew in favor with God in, when no one was looking. See, Jesus, when he was baptized with this, in, in water and he came up and the Spirit came upon him, it led him straight away into the wilderness for 40 days. 
Everybody celebrates the fact that Jesus said, men shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We're a proceeding word church, and we're proceeding because we, we don't want to eat food. Uh, because God said, don't eat food. We shall not live on bread. And we celebrate the fact that Jesus took, over, took out Satan in a day, but not celebrate the fact that he was killing devils who were tempting him for 40 days. Yeah. We forget to read that part, that Jesus was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, and then he was hungry, and Satan came to him. The little lions and the bears were, were fighting with you for 40 days. Every day feels like I'm going through a test. But wait, there's a bigger test coming. If you don't know how to pass this test in due course of time, you will face a giant that is so big for you that you will not be able to take out that giant. Please listen to me very carefully. How you, the choices that you make every single day from a place of being blessed will determine whether you move from one level of glory to another level of glory. You are presenting to God a body that is blessed beyond measure, but you're presenting to him availability for a test. Every time you come into church and you're listening to a word like this, you go walk out of these doors and you're presenting to God and saying, I'm ready for the test. I'm ready for the giant. That's why I put a camera so we can show you what you look like. So that you can see how much of the word you're really taking in. Because the word you're taking in has the ability to produce the power when you need to stand in front of Goliath. Jesus, <clears throat> when he was with the disciples, a man who had a demon-possessed son, boy, comes to the disciples and says, please cast out this demon. And the disciples are like trying to cast him out, cast him out, nothing's happening. And the man, the father, goes to Jesus and says, please, I've taken these, the, my son to your disciples and they couldn't cast him out. And Jesus says, how long, how long will I bear with you? He calls them a perverse and unbelieving generation. How long will I, will, I, will I come and defend you? How long will I come and fight your battles? How long, how long should I stay with you? See, you're, you're thinking that, oh, you know, gee, Christ in me will fight the battle. No, 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 no. You've got to make a choice. The day you make a choice, he begins to flow out of you. In the Great Commission, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Now, you go. He says, you heal the sick. You cast out demons. You cleanse the lepers. How do I heal the sick? I don't understand how the sick get healed. But I do know that Jesus says, pray for the sick and they will be healed. All I need to do, ladies and gentlemen, all you need to do is step out and pray for the sick. It's God's responsibility. To heal the sick. 
I don't understand the mechanics of how God's work, God works. I don't need to understand how miracle money shows up in my bank account, how debts are being paid in, in people's lives. I don't need to understand that. But what I know is that God's heart for me is that I should live debt free. I should be blessed beyond comprehension. I know that's his heart. So when I'm in the test, I'm looking forward to the testimony. But between the test and the testimony is a thing called application. That I've got to take the word that I've received and I've got to apply it and I've got to make a choice. If you don't make a choice, you are tying God's hand in your life. You've got to, you can't get away from it. You've got to, because God's desire for you is for you to mature in righteousness, for you to mature as a son, an authority. How can you stand and tell hands to grow out and hands grow out? How can you tell the leg to grow out and it grows out? Why does that listen to you? Listen, I'm the one saying, okay, everybody around here, pray for the person. You guys are performing the miracles. You can tell the hand, leg to stop growing and it stops. Where do you have that authority from? It comes from a place of killing giants in the secret place. We had received a prophetic word in the beginning of the year <clears throat> that God has called this church to be manifest sons. Sons that are mature in their understanding of who God is and who they are and their purpose on the earth. If you don't know how to pass your test, you don't know how to take out your Goliath. You don't go to take out your Goliath. <laughs> you are limiting the maturing process in your life. Every time you see a test, instead of saying, in the name of Jesus, I come against it, in the name of Jesus, instead of cowering away, run to it. See, listen, it's like you're listening. David, David, when the lion came and took the lamb or the sheep in his, in his mouth and ran away, he chased the lion. He chased the lion and he caught the lion by its beard and he took the lamb out. Then the lion chased him. Then he killed the lion with his bare hands. That Power and authority comes from the Spirit of God. It is grace, for sure. It is the grace of God. It's God's ability in you. But in order for you to do that, you've got to face your giant, man. We need to stop running away from the giants in our life. We need to run to them. You know, when I was in school, uh, when I got introduced to groups of friends, you know, groups of friends, they told me, if we ever get into a fight, you know, for being naughty or whatever, if we ever get into a fight with another group, go for the biggest guy and swing at him and when you get him, all of them will run away. 
It's a good word, actually. <laughs> and so when I got into a, a little fight, there were groups of guys, I went for the biggest guy. And I swung at him and missed. And then I was stuck in the middle of that entire group of guys. And all because I missed, all my friends ran away. <laughs> David had five stones, but he used only one. The reason why he used only one was because the power of God in that rock took down the giant. Wow. David just has to swing. <laughs> David had to just swing. He didn't even have to aim, he just swung. And he pulled down his giant. I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. And if I can have the band up. Just the keyboard would be fine for now. Just the keyboard. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8 and verse 30, it says, And having chosen us, he called us to come to him. And when we came, he declared us not guilty, filled us with Christ's goodness, and gave us right standing with him, and promised us his glory. What can we ever say to such wonderful things as these? If God is on our side, who can ever be against us? If God is on our side, who can ever be against us? You know, when Jesus was on the boat in the middle of the storm, the disciples in the boat were freaking out because of the storm. But Jesus was sleeping in the storm, sleeping in the boat in the storm. Most of our tests in the secret place happens on the inside of us. The choices that we make on the inside of us, the decisions that we make when no one can hear, no one can see, no one can judge. Jesus had to make a statement by sleeping. He didn't make a statement to the disciples in the, in the boat because they completely misunderstood his statement anyways. He made a statement to the storm because the storm had proposed a response to the disciples. And they were so, they were meditating on what the storm would do to them 
and they responded with that response with, with, to, to the storm. But Jesus did not allow the word the storm gave him to cause a reaction to what it was presenting. Are you with me? He chose to slay the giant in him. The way he slayed the giant in him is by falling asleep and staying asleep. The enemy wants you to react to what he's proposing to you in your life. He wants you to react. But God wants you to respond to him. The enemy wants you to react to what he's doing, but God wants you to respond to what he is saying about you. See, God is, he is peace. And Jesus being a man in the midst of a storm chose peace. When he chose peace, peace became the strength and the authority on the inside of him that when the disciples woke him up, he stood up in the authority that was on the inside of him and he commanded the storm according to the, the victory on the inside of him. See, a lot of us, some of us have stage fright because we, don't, we care more about people's opinion about us than what we have to think about ourselves. We, some people love the stage. <laughs> I feel like I was born on the stage. For <laughs> me, it's a comfort zone. Singing is, is comfortable for me. Speaking is scary. Because I've got about 350 people in the room looking at me at the same time. 350 people with two eyes each. So 700 eyes looking at me. <laughs> huh? And I've got something to present to you today. That if you don't know how to kill the giants on the inside of you, when no one is looking, when the time comes for you to stand on a stage and slay a giant, you will not be ready for it. Publicly, people have been shamed because privately, they never slayed their giants. Publicly, they came and the power never came out of them. They never healed the sick, they never cast out the demon, they never preached the gospel, they never loved somebody, they never evangelized to anybody because in the secret place, they're not killing their giants. And I, want, and I want to encourage you today, each and every one of you. You know the giants on the inside of you. They're not demons, giants. And as you go out of this place today, as you go home about your daily life, I want you to pay attention to the giants on the inside of you. The things that, when, when the market says something, what does the giant say on the inside of you? 
When your boss says something, what does that giant say on the inside of you? Because it's demanding a response. It's demanding a reaction. When the doctor's report says something to you, what is your first response? Because your first response on the inside of you will give you the authority. If you slay that giant on the inside of you, it will give you authority to slay the giant on the outside of you. If you can slay the giant in the secret place when no one is watching, you can walk out and chase giants in public places and you can slay those giants in public places. Jesus grew in favor with God in the secret place. In favor with God in the secret place and he grew in favor with man in the public place. If you want to make a difference in this world, if you want to make a difference in your life, be faithful in the secret place. Let's stand up.